in the yellow dhoti is the form of Krishna, the original form of the Supreme Lord. So all the all the expansions of God and all the, the this ocean of light emanate from this form of Krishna, this beautiful form of Krishna. You see, so this is the the Vedic or the yoga. Um, the, the the highest goal of yoga is to realize to have a relationship, a loving relationship with this um, uh, beautiful person. You see, everybody um, by nature they. Uh, desire to have a perfect relationship with a perfect person and they desire not a temporary relationship they desire a permanent relationship you know when if if people get married and they're excited to fall in love they're they're not thinking uh they want i'm i'm going to love you for 5 years yes, you know they they want to i want to love you forever right this is natural. The soul wants to have a, a, a loving relationship uh, with the most beautiful person, perfect person who always is kind and loving and caring and can take care of us and we can take shelter in. Um, and, who, and, who, and a love that won't wane, a love that increases, you see. This is natural for the soul to desire this. So... Um, the uh, this is because the soul within the body is is naturally is we we eternally have this but we've forgotten it so we identify ourselves we think I'm a body and now I try to find this satisfaction from my intrinsic desire for love that I have in myself with other bodies and it doesn't work it it appears like it, it's going to work out it's going to be you know, but it's it's only temporary. At best, you have a nice relationship for your for thirty or forty years, and then it's finished at death, and then there's great unhappiness. But um, you know, even before that, people, even if you have a a perfect relationship with somebody, you're walking down the street holding hands. Both people are still thinking secretly, deep down inside, I want more than this. You see. So, this is because the soul actually has, this is natural for the soul to have a relationship with the most perfect, most beautiful, uh, most powerful, most wealthy person. This is why we're attracted. We're attracted to beauty. We're attracted to wealth. We're attracted to fame. We're attracted uh, to wisdom. Because, naturally, we all have a relationship with the most wise, the most beautiful, the most powerful, you see, the most loving. So this is, you know, so yoga is to remember this relationship. So why does it bring happiness? It brings happiness because it's love. Love is what everybody needs, you know. The, the, but it's, you know, we try to find it in so many places in this world, but it's always frustrating and there's always anxiety even if you're with somebody you totally love you're, the more you love the person the more you're attached to the person the more you're in anxiety <laughs> you see so um, this but actually what we need we need to have the soul needs to have love it's so intrinsic it's such an intrinsic need of the soul 
every living being, you know, every even animals, every living being. You know, we always see frogs hanging out together, birds hanging out together. As soon as we leave the house, Jai's crying. You know, and and uh, you know, it's 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 such a, you know, they did this experiment once with monkeys, where they had. They put, they took a monkey, because the scientists, you know, they always want to test everything. They put, they put a monkey, uh, right from birth, took it away from its mother, and then put it in a room. No contact with any living being. Uh, just observing it through, uh, you know, those like mirrors, mm, two way mirrors, yeah. So just observing the monkey, and then they would feed it through a little slit in the door. And the monkey went crazy, you know. They just, the monkey just went crazy. And then what they did, eventually they put like a, something that looked kind of like a human figure, right? Like two, like a broom handle like this, like this with two legs and like some hair on the top. And the monkey was just like hugging it, you see. And of course... You know, they, they have to do it over and over again to make sure it's normal. <laughs> yeah. And so every time the monkey, you know, it's such, you know, it's, it's such an intrinsic desire for, for us is to have this, to have a loving relationship, you know. So um, this is why this practice of yoga is so satisfying because it reawakens um, the natural loving relationship of the soul. It's not adding something that is foreign. It's real. It's it's just like if you have amnesia and and, and you um, you you don't remember your family or something. You know you're not you're in the mental ward or something. And you don't remember your family. Uh, and the doctors may try to reintroduce your family to get your memory going, right? And then. And at first you might think this is so foreign because it's, I'm not, I don't remember and I, you know, I don't feel anything for you because I don't know you, you know, but actually you're my mom, you know, or you're my son. And, um, by association, the person might remember, right? And then, and then, you know, so this is a, you know, just an example like, it's not a perfect, perfect analogy, but it's like that, you know. Actually, we're all eternally related to God, but because we have forgotten the relationship, um, you know, we have forgotten the relationship, so we don't know it or think we need it, you know. Um, but, so as you chant the mantra more and more, you get, you remember your identity, you remember who you actually are, and then you become more and more fixed in that reality. The more you become fixed in that reality, um, the less that the ups and downs in this world affects you, you see? Because you, you have... When I'm talking about an inner life... It, 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 yeah. An inner, an inner life, it's the, it's the happiness of love, you know? It's not a... Love is an internal thing. It may be directed to outside, but it's actually an internal happiness, right? Like, you have 
um, you have two people that are in love. They could be in in um, the opposite sides of the world, but they still feel a connection, and they, you know, they're they know that they're with that person even though they're not in the same country even, right? You still have a connection, yeah? And like, um, you're, you're happy when you're, you know, you get to, you know that they're loving you and you're loving them and, and that's all you need, right? You don't need to be with them right in the room all the time, right? And just like if they were to, if they're in the other, you know, just like you can see an example, if they're in the other part of the world and they say, I don't want to be with you anymore. Um, you weren't with them personally, but now it just changed everything. It, it hurt. Now it's hurting you a lot, right? But nothing physically has changed. It's just, you know, because of the happiness, right? This example is inside. So uh, just like that, the when a person has reawaken the relationship with God it's not necessary that the person is with God all the time to experience the happiness from it you know you can experience the happiness whether you're swimming or in the you know taking a shower or going on a hike right it's there with you all the time it's a relationship um, just like if if you're in a relationship with somebody who's in another part of the world you can be hiking, swimming, taking a shower, it doesn't matter, you know, because you, you've got that connection, right? So, this connection that you, the, the, the practice of bhakti yoga is to build this relationship, this connection with God, to grow it, grow it gradually. And then, um, so you feel the happiness of the relationship all the time, wherever you are. You see, you don't need to be in a certain location, you know? So it's an internal happiness. It's dependent, yes, it's dependent on somebody else, but it's an internal happiness. And it's and you're depending on a person that doesn't perish, a person who's eternal and you're eternal. It's not a, it's not, it's not based on a body. It's not going to end when the body ends. When the body ends, the relationship continues, you see. In this world, everything that you work towards, every every relationship we have with your family, with your spouse, everything, it ends at the time of death and then it's finished. But the relationship with God doesn't finish. So at least we should spend some of our life um, building that which we can keep. You know? Rather than spend putting all in our, all our eggs in a basket that's just gonna that you know is gonna end. You know? So um, this is you know, this is so it's in the beginning, it may sound very foreign, but as you practice, it becomes more and more um, real and more and more like home. You under you you don't it doesn't it's not such a foreign thing. You see, it becomes you actually you become as you you become more and more comfortable in the relationship, and uh, it becomes more and more solidified and more and more important to you. And as that happens, you become less and less affected by the external ups and downs in this world. You see? Because the external ups and downs in this... The, the world's always going to be up and down, up and down. 
most of the time down, then you get a little bit of up, down, down. So you have you have a you have a a shelter from that. You see, you have a shelter from the storm, from all the really heavy things that happen in life. And people think people like to think positive and think that life is so wonderful and so such a joyous. When I'm talking about life, I'm talking about like life in this body. It's a it's a ter it's a it's you know with every everyone even if you live in Avalon, is suffering, you know. <laughs> Let alone the people in wherever third world countries or whatever. But even if you live in Avalon, beautiful weather, beautiful houses, beautiful beach, still emptiness, suffering, old age, diseases, death. It's not just you know. It's not a. It's not such a wonderful thing, you know. It's not such a life is, you know. There's no need to think positive. You can have people who think positive. They think positive because they have no real shelter. So they like to make believe that this world is a place of great happiness and enjoyment, but it's not. It's a place of suffering. Wherever you go, there's. You you're you're plagued. You're trying to enjoy the world, but you're plagued by. Uh, it's described in the Vedas as these threefold miseries. You got the miseries of the body and the mind. That's the first one. So like, no matter, what. No matter like see, we can't sit in a, in a one position for too long, even on a comfortable couch, without feeling some discomfort in our body. We've always got some. You know some disturbance of the body, and not to mention like, you know the, you know the female reproduction every month, and the, um, you know just the aches and pains of the getting older, and the body falling apart, and you know sicknesses and um, cancers and things like that. You know, old age, diseases, death. Those are very painful. And then you have the miseries of the mind, anxieties, depressions, and so on. So this is there with everybody. Every body comes with this. And then you got miseries of the caused by other living entities. So you're dealing with the body. You're dealing with the mind. Then you're dealing with other people. Yeah. So you've got your your kids causing trouble. You've got your your partners causing you misery. You know all kinds of different. Um, traffic, right? Mosquitoes, sharks, all these other things that are causing problems. Then you've got natural forces like heat, cold. You know, this is real. It's earthquakes. This is always happening. So you're trying to enjoy. You're thinking this world's a great place, such a nice place of enjoyment, and you're always dealing with all these things hassling you. You know, you're trying to think, well, these people aren't really bothering me. My body's not really feeling pain. You're constantly trying to struggle. Um, pretending that it's such a wonderful place, but it's not. Let's be real. We're suffering. You know, this place is a place of suffering. That's re that's reality. You know, that's not negative thinking. It's real thinking. Positive thinking is blind to the reality that um, there's a lot of suffering here. You know, and uh, so that's with everybody. That's people in Avalon. That's people in, uh, you know, Ethiopia. Everybody has to deal with this. You know? So, um, uh, but when you have a, when you have a, 
a different life, a different shelter, a deeper shelter, then you can see it. You don't have to try to think positive. You can see things as they are and um, have a real shelter and a real home, you see? And a real place to take refuge. Not trying to make believe that a place of suffering is a place of great happiness. You know? So, things in this world appear to be very real. Like you have um, you know, the form of a beautiful woman look very real. Um, and it makes the guy think, I'm going to experience some happiness if I can become united with that. Uh, it appears very real. But the happiness that comes out of it is not what we wanted. You know, you, we want a lot more. The deep pleasure that you thought you were going to get, it, it doesn't quite happen. You, know, you don't get the, the full satisfaction that you want. So even though it appears, you can see it, you can touch it, but the happiness that it promised you is not there. You know? it's in, but see, with, with God, you can't see God with your eyes. Um, but uh, the happiness that you feel that once you connect when you when you when you have when you grow this connection with God, it shows the reality of it. You know the happiness that you feel is the proof that it's real. The pleasure that you feel is proof that it's real. You see, when 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 distinguishing when seeing what's real and what's not real. Um, we can't use our eyes. The eyes are not a good. Um, the eyes are, are have a strong tendency to become illu to be illusion as to what's real and what's not real. You know. Um, so, but we can experience the the um, the effect it has on our heart. Um, you can you can compare chanting God's names or being with God while you're chanting God's names and experience the effect on your heart. And then you can, and it's no comparison, the difference, you know. So one thing appears very real because you can see it, and yet the other one, you can't see it, but the effect it has on you is amazing, you know. So you can't, the eyes can be very deceiving, you know. To understand God is, it takes a bit of a deeper understanding than um, simply this is God, my eyes see this, my eyes see that. I, where's God? I don't see God. You know, if God exists, show him to me. You know what I mean? It takes a, it takes a deeper understanding than, than just sensual perception. You see? There's, you can't always understand anything, everything by the eyes and the brain. And, the, you know, sometimes um, understanding is on a, on a deeper level. And, uh, you know, it takes, you know, it takes recognition that these, I guess it takes a bit of recognition that your sen your senses are not, your, your eyes and are not all, per are not perfect. They have the tendency to be illusioned, you see. So when you understand like this, then, then you know, you can start to begin to understand about God. 
but really you can understand more when you experience. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't really describe to you because it's like, how do you describe unfathomable subject matter? You know, you can't. It's like, how do I describe to you, it's even more like this, but how, how do I, de- if you lived your whole life in a room with no windows, like how, how, how do I describe to you a sunset? You know? If you've never seen the sun even, let alone the sky or the, so I'm trying to describe to you God without, you know, it, you have to, under, you have to experience to understand, you know. It's like I can't explain to you a sunset if you've never even seen the sky or the sun or whatever, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The, the, the feeling that the sunset has, the, the wonder of it all, the beauty of it all, the, the, the bigness of it all, you know, you can't, you can't describe that, you know. So you have to actually experience the sunrise. If you experience the sunrise, then you'll have a, you'll be able to understand, you know. So I said, well, if I, I'll tell you all, it's a, it's a, it's a big light. Oh, like bigger than the light in my house? Yeah, much bigger than that, you know? <laughs> like a hundred times bigger? No, 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 way, way bigger. How far away is it? Oh, it's miles away. Like, you know what I mean? Like, is that, is that, you know, how, how much more than 10 meters is that? You <laughs> know? So. Haribo Nitaiko Hari bo ni chai ko ni 